Well, good morning again, and uh, again, pray for us while we try to stand before you this morning. <clears throat> the thought that I have upon my mind uh, this morning, and we will try to try to talk about some things uh, that we find in God's Word, but i uh, going to turn uh, to a couple of different places, Old Testament, New Testament scriptures, uh, but... Uh, as Brother Todd was was uh, was mentioning earlier, uh, you know we've we've had some events, I guess, that happened in uh, in recent months uh, that have made me think about how. And I, I made the comment last night at the, at the wedding, uh, talking to uh, to Sister Robin's nephew, I think Blake, and uh, just having a conversation with him, and and I th- it made me think about uh, the fact that uh, something. I don't think we look for enough uh, today, and we'll look at some Old Testament scriptures first. Uh, but the, the kind of the thought came to my to my mind about our Lord, about God. Uh, there's a lot of times when we look back across scriptures, and if we pay attention in our lives a little bit more, we'll find God shows up, and a lot of times shows out uh, in the way he in the way he does things for us. And he's been, it's not something new with God. Uh, you know, uh, God has shown up so many times and we'll, uh, we'll look, you know, as I, as I go across some things that came to my mind uh, last night and uh, this morning, uh, you'll probably no doubt have things that come to your mind, scriptures that I won't touch upon. And probably if we, uh, if we, if we really looked at this, uh, we would, we would, uh, we could spend just like weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, about talking about how God just shows up and shows out, uh, and, uh, in so many different ways in, in God's, in the lives of God's people. I mean, we could go back to the very beginning and say, God took nothing and made the whole world out of it and the whole universe, uh, and man and animals and plants and all of these things. And I'm telling you, uh, when God shows up, he shows out. Uh, there's just no doubt about the way he works in so many times in people's lives. Uh, if we turned over a little bit further past uh, uh, the book of Genesis, the first uh, two chapters of Genesis, we would find uh, the children of Israel now have gone down into Egypt. Uh, we could talk about all the ways he showed up in Joseph's life. Uh, but uh, instead of focusing on that, we'll talk about the fact that uh, here the children of Israel are. Well, let's just go a little bit before that. Let's go to Moses out in the wilderness. And uh, Moses thought that he could get away from God. <laughs> he thought if he went out on the backside of the desert somewhere and just met, met a woman, got married, tended to his father's sheep, you know, kind of minding his own business, that this God that had impressed him that he was going to be a deliverer of, of the children of Israel, and Moses tried it on his own, by the way, uh, began to try to rise up, and uh, we know he slew a couple of Egyptians, and then, then he went and hid out on the back, and he thought somehow or another he could go way out in the middle of nowhere, uh, and, and, uh, and God wouldn't be able to, God would just leave him alone, that all this stuff about trying to serve God and serve Israel would just somehow go away. Uh, but out on the backside of the desert, uh, Moses looked around one day and he saw a bush burning that wasn't being consumed. 
And Moses says, hey, that's strange. <laughs> and turned aside to see what was going on. And suddenly a voice came to Moses out of that bush, says, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. <laughs> uh, God showed up. And showed out. Uh, and I'll tell you, he called Moses and Moses was ready to go. Uh, then we find Moses and the, and the children of Israel down in, uh, in Egypt. They'd been there 400 years. They'd been in slavery from the time, no doubt. The Bible doesn't give us all the details a lot of times, but no doubt since the death of the patriarch Joseph, the children of Israel had been enslaved, and God had blessed them down there. He had given them the land of Goshen uh, uh, through Joseph, and was a land, a fertile land that uh, uh, was right on the side of the Nile, no doubt had great uh, fertile soil, and God blessed them with crops, and God blessed them with sheep, and they grew to be more mighty in number than the Egyptians uh, but the Egyptians enslaved them and used those people down there to bring forth uh, the crops. And when God called Moses to come back out, out of that backside of the wilderness, God showed up, uh, Moses showed up to talk to Pharaoh and to give him the message. Uh, he had a message for the children of Israel too uh, because when Moses showed up, he wanted them to know he was representing the God that had shown up to him. And he said, uh, just tell the people that I am that I am uh, hath sent you. Uh, and as Moses began to tell them that, he also told Pharaoh, let my people go. Uh, and we know about the plagues uh, that uh, God inflicted upon the land of Egypt. Uh, one that attacked almost every God of, that was down there in that land uh, uh, whether it be the, the frogs or whether it was be the sun darkened or whether it be the river turning to blood or whatever it might be, uh, God uh, uh, one by one singled out all the various gods that, uh, that Egypt had uh, and put them to shame by the way he came. And even uh, in the death of the firstborn, uh, God uh, uh, released his people and uh, brought the uh, death to the firstborn of every everyone in the land, whether it be animals or whether it be people, uh, if they did not have the blood of the lamb upon the doorpost and on the uh, uh, the uh, lentil, the, the head post, if you want to call it, uh, of the door, uh, uh, representing the blood of the lamb of God that had been that would be slain for the for the people uh, uh, of uh, for the children of God one day, being a foretelling of that, but also being a symbol that as God came through the camps that night, He saw the blood uh, that they had posted on their doors uh, and passed over uh, that great land, uh, and uh, and once. Once again, Pharaoh was ready, ready to let the people go. God showed up and God showed out. Uh, we find the children of Israel, they're, they're going out across through the wilderness. Uh, uh, they get up to the place where the Red Sea uh, is before them. Uh, the Egyptian army, they look back, uh, if you read the description there in the, in the Bible, in about uh, uh, chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, uh, you find the children of Israel looking back, and he, they see Pharaoh's army pursuing them. Uh, and they're one, they said, Moses, uh, were there no graves down in Egypt? <laughs> You've brought us out here to this wilderness to die. Uh, it, you know, wouldn't it have been? You know, they didn't. The Bible doesn't say this word for word, but you get the sense of the fact they're out there saying, "Wouldn't it have been better for if we're going to die just to die in Egypt instead of leaving us out here in this nowhere land uh, to uh, to come and to die at the hand of the Egyptian army?" But God, who had been leading them by pillar of, a pillar of fi- a cloud and a pillar of fire uh, uh, by night, a pillar of cloud by day. It says suddenly that uh, that cloud moved to behind the uh, the, uh, the children of Israel uh, and got between the children of Israel and the Egyptian army, uh, and it was dark 
It was darkness to the Egyptian army, but it was light shining over on the the children of Israel there in their camps that night. And as it stood between them and confused them and uh, didn't allow the Egyptian army to go forward, uh, he tells Moses uh, to just simply lay his rod out across the sea. Uh, Yeah, if you've been watching the movie, he didn't dip it down in the water. Uh, uh, He just said, lay it out over the sea. Uh, And when he laid it out over the sea, uh, he told the children of Israel, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, And the the Bible says that God sent an east wind all night to blow upon the sea. And the seas rolled back and the ground was dry. I'll tell you, have you, ever seen a, have you ever seen a pond go down? I don't care how much the wind's been blowing. Uh, and I know this was a God wind, okay? Uh, but I'm telling you, if you just think, well, somehow this was some natural uh, miracle that occurred, suddenly the east wind got to blowing a whole lot and, uh, and, and the water just rolled back. I'm telling you, I've seen the wind blow. Uh, I've seen the waves upon the water. Uh, uh, but I've never seen them part the waters side to side. Uh, and if you have seen a pond or a river, uh, uh, like one of these lakes around here that suddenly dropped in level uh, you go walking out in it anytime soon you're going to get in muck that deep uh, but God uh, my friend sent a wind uh, and God congealed the waters back uh, and God dried up the land uh, and the children of Israel went forth uh, across that Red Sea uh, uh, the, uh, on dry ground and that Egyptian army which was one of the greatest armies on the face of the earth at that time pursued them in they wanted to go catch them they, they just knew if they went hard enough they would catch they had the chariots they had the horses Horses. Why, the children of Israel uh, uh, maybe had carts and other things that they were pulling and carrying their goods with them. Uh, but here the Egyptian army had all their chariots. God got the Israel, children of Israel on the other side. Said, uh, well, what I'm doing is done. And suddenly the waters collapsed and the Egyptian army died there in that place that day. And Pharaoh, by the way. Uh, as he led his soldiers into that uh, into that battle, God showed up, and God showed out. I want to turn, though, if we can, if we uh, to First uh, Kings. Mm, we'll probably start. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 kind of go into the middle of this. Uh, because probably the the real story would start back over in in seventeen, uh, but you remember during the days of Elijah, uh, there was a king by the name of Ahab, and Ahab and uh, uh, his wife Jezebel uh, had gone after chasing and built uh, uh, much uh, uh, temples to to many false gods, to Baal and to the uh, gods of the grove, where they would go and worship and where they would go and make sacrifices. And uh, I'll tell you. Our God had gotten tired of those things. And he had a prophet in the land at that time by the name of Elijah. Uh, And Elijah prophesied that it wouldn't rain anymore upon the land uh, some certain period of time. The Bible tells us it was three and a half years, if we read in the New Testament, that it didn't rain. Uh, but God told uh, uh, King Ahab that it wasn't going to rain anymore. And uh, uh, and, uh, and Elijah went to, at the direction of God uh, and went to, if you're, if you're looking, uh, I'm over in, probably over in 17 at least talking, and we'll get into reading in 18 here in, here in a minute. But uh, God sent Elijah uh, down to a place Place, uh, during this time of uh, when it wasn't raining uh, and, and carried him to a place uh, where there was a widow woman 
uh, who was uh, who was on her very last uh, portion of a barrel of meal and her very last portion of a cruise of oil. And Elijah sent uh, uh, God sent Elijah down to this widow's house. And during the time that Elijah was there, of course, we know he had already sent him to the brook at Cherith uh, prior to that. And God had fed him uh, all this time. And we've talked about this here in recent weeks, I guess, uh, at least mentioned this. How God fed Elijah down by the brook of Cherith, uh, how the ravens came and brought him meat every day. And, and I'll tell you, ravens don't just take somebody meat. Uh, I don't care if you're talking about an old crow or whether you're talking about an old buzzard or you're talking about some other uh, bird that eats flesh like that. They don't pick it up and take it off to somebody else. In fact, I usually see them in the middle of the road or on the side of the road fighting each other to see who can get the most of it. Much less think about picking it up and take it to some human and feed them. But I'll tell you, God was directing the ravens. God God was directing their flight, and uh, and he fed, uh, uh, no doubt, uh, Elijah many, many years uh, or many, many days there at that brook at Cherith till finally the brook dried up because of the drought that uh, had been pronounced upon the land. And God bought, brought the drought, my friends, because of their worship of false gods, against, because of their worship of, of, uh, of to Baal instead of the one true and living God. And it wasn't like God had not revealed himself to them, to them at other times. Uh, uh, so they knew, and it was an open rebellion that they were having. So God says, okay, I, I just won't send any rain anymore upon the land. Uh, and he took Elijah, his man, and carried him to this widow, uh, to, this, uh, to this brook to be fed by the ravens and eventually to, uh, to be fed by this widow uh, and to uh, also uh, continue to give life to her son and her there. Because we know that uh, when Elijah showed up uh, here at this place, uh, he, said, he said to the woman, he saw what she had, he he said, first take your meal and make me a little cake. <clears throat> and uh, her and her son, by the way, were about to make themselves a cake and going to eat it. And that was going to be the end of it because they knew the barrel was empty. The cruise was about to be empty of oil. And so they were going to eat their little cake and they were going to eat. They planned to eat and then die. That's, that was what they were talking about. We're going to eat what we've got and then that's it. We're finished. But Elijah showed up. And Elijah says, I want you to make me. A little cake first, and then you take for yourself. And I'll tell you, she honored God's man. I'll tell you, sometimes we, we take some of these things lightly. And I'm not saying this uh, in my behalf, but others. But I'll tell you, uh, when God's called a man into his, his service, my friends, uh, uh, you know, he's still a man. He's still with all the faults and the failings of a man. But I'll tell you, he does deserve some respect because God has called that man. And so uh, she gave him the respect uh, uh, that God had called him, and she, uh, she served him first. Uh, and the next day, they got up, and there was meal in the barrel. And there was oil in the cruise. And they made him another cake that day. Uh, and they, they emptied it out. You know, the Bible doesn't exactly say this, but you know it. They made it. They emptied it out. And the next day, they got up. And there was meal in the barrel. And there was oil in the cruise. 
And the next day, and you know, I could just go on and on and on. You know, the next day and the next day and the next day. And every day they got up until God was ready to send Elijah back to Ahab. Uh, there continued to be meal in the barrel and oil in the cruise. And God sustained them there. I'm telling you, God, when He does things, He shows up, my friends. And He shows out in the way He does things, doesn't He? Uh, and, 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 and a lot of times today, you, you know, we... I think we get in the habit today of saying, well, you know, I, I, I can read all those things that God does in the Bible, but I just don't see that today. I'm telling you, open up your eyes and begin to look. Begin to look and see what God is doing in your... Well, but brother, I prayed about a certain situation and it didn't, and nothing happened. You know that happens? Uh, you know, sometimes we pray and we don't pray... Like we should, and we don't pray to God, not my will, but thy will be done, be done, be done, done, done. And, and so we forget uh, who it is that's, uh, uh, that we're ultimately submitting ourselves to, even in prayer. We're going and begging the God that we know is able, my friends, uh, uh, but we don't know His plans always. We don't know His will always. Uh, uh, we know uh, that, uh, uh, that we're to pray. And you know what? And say, like our Savior did, God, remove this, uh, uh, Lord, if it be thy will, remove this from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Even the Son, the Savior, showed uh, that it wasn't all about me. Sometimes we get to thinking it's all about me and what I want and what I need and what I'm looking for. And I'll tell you, my friends, it's not about us. It's all about Him. And so uh, he, we turn on over here into this uh, 18th chapter of 1 Kings, and it says, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. So we know it was the third year. The Bible tells us in, in the New Testament three and a half years. But during this third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So, okay, Elijah, the time's done. Now it's time to go back and show yourself to Ahab. And Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. And there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah. Uh, we might recognize that name. He's another prophet. Uh, uh, called Obadiah, and uh, which was also a governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for it was uh, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and with water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land and to all the fountains and under the brooks. Peradventure we may find grass uh, to save the horses alive. That that we may uh, that we lose not all the beasts, and they divided the land between them uh, to pass through through it uh, throughout it. And Ahab went one way, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And Ob- Obadiah was in the way, and behold, Elijah met him, and Obadiah knew him, and he knew him, and he fell on his face and said, "Art thou my lord, Elijah?" And and he answered and says, "I am, I am. Go and tell thy lord." Behold, Elijah's here. Uh, Elijah's Elijah's back. Y'all been wondering, you know, y'all times seeing some of these advertisements somewhere. So, so, well, so and so's gone. Well, he's back. He's back again. Well, you know, we can look over here, and Elijah says, "You go tell your Lord that uh, Elijah's here." Uh, And he said. What have I? What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? Now he goes on and explains what's happening. He says, 
Ahab, ever since you told Ahab it wasn't going to rain, Ahab has searched the land out for you. He's searching every nook, every cranny, every corner, every place you can think of. And nobody could find Elijah. And I'd say, well, you know what? Because that's because he was where God wanted him to be, uh, for one thing. Uh, But he says, "Uh, What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. When thou said he is not here, uh, he took an oath of the kingdom and the nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, go and tell the Lord, behold, Elijah's here. Uh, and he said, uh, and, it, and it shall come to pass as soon as I'm gone from thee. The Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither, thou, whither I know not. And Ahab, and he, uh, whether I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I fear the Lord, for, for, I thy servant, fear the Lord for my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them bread and water? And now thou sayest, go tell the Lord, behold, Elijah's here. Well, I'm telling you, Obadiah, Obadiah's making a case, isn't he? I mean, wait, what do you want, Elijah? You've been, you've been in hiding for three and a half years, and now you show up and say, go tell Ahab, your Lord, that Elijah's here. Yeah, I know what's going to happen, Elijah. As soon as I go tell Ahab you're here, uh, the Lord's going to carry you off again, and we can't find you for three and a half years, and Ahab's going to get mad and kill me. <laughs> That's he, uh, Obadiah had this thing all worked out in his head, what was going to happen, you know. And uh, so he says, now uh, thou sayest. So Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. Elijah just made a promise. As sure as God lives, as the Lord of hosts lives, I'll show myself to Ahab today. And Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? <clears throat> you know, boy, we can make a political commentary out of this, couldn't we? Uh, have you have you ever seen people trying to do the right thing? You probably, if you keep up with the news, and I'm not talking about necessarily the president. I'm just talking about sometimes some of our some of our political leaders actually try to do the right thing, and you know what all their colleagues say about them? Why, this is that guy that's troubling the country. This is the guy that's stirring up trouble. You let, a, you let a minister today get up and talk about there doesn't need to be certain types of marriages that have been legalized in this country. There doesn't need to be certain types of lifestyles. There's a, who is that guy over there that's troubling us? Stirring up all this trouble. Who's this guy that's called? And so <clears throat> Elijah had to answer, by the way. Okay, uh, He says, it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, verse 17 of uh, 1 Kings 18. He says, uh, uh, he says that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he, and he answered, Elijah answered, says, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. <laughs> Elijah said, hey, I'm not the troublemaker, it's you. 
You are the one causing trouble. You are the one serving false gods. You are the one that's doing things contrary to God's word. You want to know who the troublemaker is, Ahab? Go get in the mirror and look. Uh, you just might find him there. And I'll tell you today in the land that we're living in, uh, uh, there are those that are troubling this nation, troubling the children of God with their ungodly ways, their ungodly laws, uh, and, and rebellion against uh, uh, the, the God of heaven and earth uh, that, uh, that rules all things. And I'll tell you, don't get disturbed. Don't get disturbed and ain't think God doesn't know what's going on. I can't tell you when, but I can tell you this, and I can go to God's Word and I can show you, one day God's going to show up and God's going to show out, my friends. Uh, and everybody's going to know uh, there's a King of kings and there's a Lord of lords uh, and He rules over all things. And so He tells us as we go on here and look, see, He said, I've answered, uh, uh, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house. Now therefore send and gather me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. I can tell you... Uh, now, based on recent experience, uh, uh, Mount Carmel runs uh, sort of uh, southwest. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's get this right. Get my direction right. Southeast from the southeast to the northwest, and runs right up to the almost to the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. Okay, and it's a it's a it's wonderful. You know, you think about looking at the. Uh, looking at how things uh, are, uh, so if you get your map, you got your got your Google uh, Maps or whatever, and you want to type in the word Haifa on the, on the, on your Google Maps, you'll see the word Haifa uh, is a city on the Mediterranean Sea, uh, and there's a mountain range runs from the northwest back to the southeast from from Haifa, and that is Mount Carmel. Uh, so he says, uh, Thou therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the grove, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. Your wife's table, by the way, is the one feeding these ungodly prophets. Uh, and Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? How many people of God today are, are struggling between, is it the world or is it God? Is it, uh, you know, where do I put my allegiance to? You know, well, man, I've got to, I've got to have a job, and I've got to do this. Uh, uh, believe me, I know all about all of that. <laughs> I know about working a job forty years uh, and and working out there in the world. But you can be in the world and not of the world. Uh, you got to realize that uh, God will provide a place for you to to find what you need to provide your way of living. But that doesn't have to come to dominate your life. That doesn't have to become who you are. You know, some people, you know, do I pick on, do I pick on nurses and doctors? You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, the, the congregation, right? I mean, you don't have to self-identify as I am a nurse. That's who I am. And that's all I am. Or an engineer or whatever else it might be. You don't have to. That's who you are. No, my friends, you're a child of the king who works as a, as a nurse or works as an engineer or works uh, for the public safety uh, or whatever it might be. That's who you are. You are. 
And so he says, uh, Elijah came unto the people. All of Israel was called together there to Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And, but if Baal, then follow him. Get, make up your mind. Decide who it is you're going to serve. If you're going to serve God, serve him. If God is the true God, then you ought to serve him. And I'm going to say today, if, if the one God of heaven and earth, Jehovah God, the God of the Bible, the creator of all things, if he's God, serve him. <laughs> If you've, got, if you've decided something else is in control out here, I guess go serve that. I'll, I'll feel sorry for you, <laughs> and, and, and I'll pray for you, and I'll try to help you. But if God is God, follow Him. Then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. Now, that wasn't true, by the way. Uh, Elijah was kind of exalting his position. But, you know, I think Elijah felt alone. Elijah felt like all the trouble that's going on in the land, and even after Obadiah said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I can where I can. I've hid a hundred prophets in the cave, you know, and I've taken them by 50 and hit them here and hit them there. Uh, but Elijah had been by himself for three and a half years, more or less, I mean, with, with on the riverbank and... And then with the uh, the widow and her son and God and and I I I, I can understand. I'll let's say this. I can understand how Elijah felt. He felt to be all alone. So as he looks at the people there, he says, "I even I only remain a, a prophet of the Lord." But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Now I will say this: if the context of what that verse is saying is, even I and I only am the one standing up to them. Because as much as I love Obadiah, and as much as Obadiah did good and went and hid the, the hundred prophets, fifty by fifty, the man that called them out that day was Elijah. Uh, and I'll tell you, sometimes when you have people that are, that are, are doing things that are dishonoring to God, somebody has to call them out. Somebody has to finally say, I'm taking a stand. I'm going to stand here. I don't care who else is with me. I'm serving God. Boy, this sure is an old story, isn't it? Doesn't have anything to do with our lives, does it? I'm telling you, it's right where we're living today. So he says... uh, even I and I only are standing here, but the Baal's prophets are 450. Let them, therefore, give us two bullocks. We're just going to have a little contest here, and we're going to find out who God, who, who is the real God. So he says, give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. In other words, uh, it might be traditional for them to build a fire and burn up their, burn up their sacrifices. No, 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 no. Not today. We're going to cut it up. We're going to lay it up there on the grill. Now, this was a big grill, but, you know, you get the idea. On the altar. Uh, And he says, cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it, and and I will dress the other bullock. And lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. Now, uh, I want y'all to think about this. Oh, Elijah, you know, sometimes you get the idea, well, these men of God, you know, these holy men, you know, they're just not like regular guys, you know. They had 450 to cut up the bullock and, and, and dress it and trim it and do all that to it. Elijah did it by himself. 
<clears throat> call ye on the name of, uh, dress it, put no fire under it. Call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. Now, you know, of course, Elijah could have done anything, but, you know, you say, well, well Elijah rigged contests. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll tell you what, he had the ultimate power behind him when he set it up, <laughs> okay? So he says, uh, you lay it on there, and says, whoever answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose out one bullock for yourselves and dress it first. For ye are many, and call on the name of your gods and put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal. From morning to evening, until uh, even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. Now, now they go, they go, they go jump up and down and say, "Come on!" You know, you know. If you read it, read it, Isaiah, you'll find over there where Isaiah talks about how they made their how they made their uh, gods, how they made Baal. They would go cut a tree down. Uh, you know, and they'd carve out a statue and they'd set that little statue up on the table and say, oh, this is our God. Then they'd take the rest of the wood chips from this wood that they cut down and they'd burn it in a fire and cook their food. And, oh, and, and, and Isaiah's like, uh, you know, does this make sense to you? You go take a tree and carve down a little statue and set it up and that's what you worship? Uh, well, here they are, you know, they've got their God, Baal. Uh, and so they believe, and they're, they're calling on Baal from morning to e- even to noon. And finally, they get on the altar and start jumping up there. Baal, you can hear them. Okay, so... Uh, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them. <laughs> uh, I kind of get that. Uh, Elijah, Elijah mocked, mocked them and said, Cry aloud, uh, for he is a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's on a journey or peradventure sleepeth and must be awakened. You, you got to just cry loud or you guys ain't doing the job. He's, he's either talking or busy or on a journey or asleep or something. I'll tell you, I want you to compare that to our God, my friends. The Bible says He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, what time of day or night. It doesn't matter how many millions of people are praying at one time. God hears your prayer. Now, that's the God you and I are serving. Uh, and Elijah called on these prophets of Baal. You just, you need to cry a little louder. Y'all are y'all crying. He must be asleep. You guys need to get on the job. And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves with uh, after after their manner. Now you know, have, have y'all heard some of this kind of stuff? I mean, people do this kind of stuff today, right? You got people that'll carve their skin up, you know. People that do he, now here they are. They're uh, they're taking and they're uh, they're taking after it says after their after their manner with knives and lances. Till the blood gushed upon them, they they began to cut themselves up, saying, "Well, you know, this is their our manner of the way we serve." And they just cut and cut themselves. And it came to pass when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, and there was neither voice nor any answer, nor nor any that regarded. And you know why? Because it was a false god that could not answer. And Elijah said unto all the people, Now come near, come near to me. 
I don't, I don't have to have you stand away. I don't have to get you at some distance. I don't have to scare you into all this. Come near to me. I want you to see what I'm doing. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You know, it wasn't being used, right? <laughs> Elijah had to repair it before he, could, before he could make his offering. He had to get up there and do a little repair work. Uh, and so he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar uh, as, uh, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he uh, put the wood. I don't know exactly how much seed that is, by the way. But it sounds like, I think based on the water that we're going to talk about, it must have been a tremendous amount. And so uh, he put the wood in order. And he cut the bullock in pieces. And he laid him on the wood and said, Fill now four barrels with water. And pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. So now he gets all this meat laid out on the altar. uh, And he says, go get four barrels of water and pour it on the meat and on the wood. I want you to get this wood wet. Uh, And it says not only did he do that, but he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And after the third time of doing this, the water ran about the altar and filled the trench. Now, now we've got the wood soaking wet, we've got the meat soaking wet, uh, we've got water in a trench that they built around the altar, and it says that it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Now, I don't think Elijah was just talking about the, uh, the sacrifice. Uh, I think he's talking about the last three and a half years. <laughs> I've done all of this, Lord, at thy word. I want the people to know that Elijah just didn't uh, cause trouble. Uh, that they're the troublemakers by serving the false gods. All this I've done at your word, Lord. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned, thy, and, and thou hast turned their heart back again. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. I tell you, when God shows up, He shows out, my friends. He could have, He could have, uh, He could have burnt the sacrifice, the, the the bullock there that day, and with all the crying they had done, with nothing happening, people would have said, "Surely this is God." Okay, uh, but He didn't just burn up the the the, uh, the bullock. He burned up the wood and the stones and the dust and the fire wrapped up the water that was in the trench. Uh, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said the Lord he is God the Lord he is God and Elijah said unto them take the prophets of Baal and let not one of them escape and they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there uh, I'm telling you when you uh, you know I've told y'all how much fun we're going y'all y'all just hold me to this in, uh, uh, next Sunday afternoon Lord willing uh, we're going to have a little presentation on the, on the trip that we made to Israel. 
see if I go ahead and announce it, then that means I've got to make it happen this week, right? So I've got to work on it more this week and get my little presentation ready. But y'all, y'all, uh, y'all come prepared, and we'll have lunch. We like to uh, do whatever, gather together at lunch, during lunch, after lunch, or whatever. We'll talk about that trip. But I can tell you, you stand on the, on Mount Carmel. And you look down in the Jezreel Valley, and there running through the Jezreel Valley is the River Kishon. Standing there just like the Bible says it is. And, and Elijah uh, had them take the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove. And they took them down there to the River Kishon and they slew them there. Uh, and so he said, to, <clears throat> and, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. And Ahab went to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his... Now, <laughs> I want y'all to listen. listen. This is how faith works in, this, in, in our lives sometimes. Abraham told Ahab, God had told him, go, go see Ahab, and, and, and Elijah knew it was time to send rain again. But he wanted to, to put the prophets of Baal and Grove to shame and, and return the people, for the people to return once again to serving the one true and living God. So before he ever fell down on his knees, he's told Ahab, get up and go eat, for I hear the abundance of the sound of rain. Then he went up and he got down on his knees. He said, Lord... <laughs> I need some rain. <laughs> and then he sent his serpent, a servant, uh, he sent his servant to, to go and look out toward the Mediterranean Sea, out toward the sea. And he said, uh, uh, he looked out there and he said, he came back and he said, Elijah said, what'd you see? He said, I saw a cloud about the size of a man's hand. You can imagine, he's looking out there across that thing. And now we're not talking about a big cloud, but we're talking about a cloud that no doubt was significant. They'd been without rain three and a half years. Now he looks out and he looks toward the sea and he sees a, a cloud out there about the size of a man's hand out there in front of him. And, uh, and it came to pass at the seventh time, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand, verse 44. And he says, uh, and he said, go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. God shows up, and God shows out. I was going to turn, and we'll, but I will, I will with, my, with my mind, and you can turn over there and look at it sometime in the 14th chapter of the book of uh, Matthew. Uh, we find our Lord here walking upon this earth, and there was great multitudes that were following after him. Uh, and, and the Lord looked with compassion upon them. Uh, because uh, they didn't have any food. They had been following him for days, and he'd been talking and teaching them. Uh, and he, uh, uh, he said, uh, well, tell them to sit down. said, we're, we're going to eat. The, the, uh, uh, the, his uh, his uh, apostles said unto him, Lord, what are we going to feed them? We've just got a few loaves and a few fishes, but how can we feed this great multitude? <clears throat> and he sat them down, 
And he took the few fishes and the few loaves and he blessed it and he broke it. And my friends, he began to pass out food. And he passed out food till the 5,000 were fed. And when the 5,000 were fed, he told his apostles, I want you to go around now and gather up the fragments of what's left. And there were 12 baskets of fragments. And I know when I say things like I'm about to say, I know I can't prove this. And I know this is exactly what God's word says. But I'll tell you, sometimes I just have to believe uh, God gave them 12 baskets of fragments so all 12 of them would have a basket to tote uh, to be reminded uh, that when God shows up uh, God shows out my friends uh, he does uh, uh, according abundantly above what we're able to think or speak or pray but that's how God works you say well he doesn't do that every day no but I'll tell you what when he does it my friends it's amazing we find the apostles out on the sea. And uh, they'd been toiling all night. Jesus comes walking to them on the water. Uh, we find them on another occasion. You turn to Mark 4. You'll find this recorded in Mark chapter 4. Jesus got with his apostles and got into the little ship. They were going to go to the other side. And a great storm came up. And the winds blew, and the Bible says that uh, the ship began to fill, was filled with water. In other words, they were beginning to sink. And the apostles went and woke Jesus up and said, Lord, do you not care that we perish? He said, oh, ye of little faith. And he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the water and the waves and said, peace be still. And immediately things got still. And the apostles said, what manner of man is this? I'll tell you, my friends, he's the man that when he shows up, shows out. And you say, well, we don't see that anymore. I'm telling you. Uh, and I'm not trying. Uh, I'm just telling you there were a lot of folks that were praying yesterday. We knew we were having an outside wedding. We knew there's been thunderstorms how many times and how many days in the last, last week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, and you see all this going on. Uh, and, uh, and I went up through the forest yesterday. Uh, up 33 uh, out of Double Springs to Moulton. And I'm telling you, I went through a nice little shower and I had my little phone app out, you know, looking at 3340. How's the radar looking? And boy, there's yellow here and there's red there and there's storms where we are. And there's storms up north of Town Creek and there's storms over by Decatur and every, you know, there's storms over around Florence across the river and, uh, and everything's moving south. <clears throat> little place up there in Lawrence County, north of Moulton, maybe one of the driest spots in five counties based on the rain yesterday. We got a little sprinkle there, but I kept watching the radar, and the storm kept dissolving, and the storm kept splitting, and we had a dry wind. I'm telling you, God's still showing up. We're just not looking. Because we're no longer amazed at little bitty things that we see going on. We pray. I, you know what I, you know what I tell I said this yesterday. Oh, just thinking about it. Because it started sprinkling a little bit there. You know, just real light. And I, the thought came to me. I said, 
God, you're wondering just how much faith I have in you, don't, aren't you? I said, but I know this, my God, that you control the wind, the weather, the rain, and all things. And I know you're able. And he showed up. May God bless you to think about the great God that we have. He's showing up in your life too. And I want you to stop and think about when it is and where it is. And I want us to turn and say what? We will worship the one true and living God. Uh, he, we might not see him every day, but he is there, my friends. He is there. And when he shows up many times, we are amazed. And if we're not amazed, we sure ought to be. May God bless you.